0: Hey, 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 repo
1: boys.
0: Oh, what's that flowing? Oh, no, ah, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Ah, our subscribers, um, <laughs> dropping that content.
1: Wow, what's it been, Pete? Two weeks, oh, feel like a I... lifetime, and,
0: <laughs> and it's gonna be even longer the next time we talk, although. The next time we record... No, it, will, it won't be a face-to-face boy sesh. Because um, Obi-Wan will come know. up... What? Oh, that's true. Actually, that's...
1: Well, it could be. Because Obi-Wan will be... Will, I mean, potentially, supposed to be. Uh, not that you'd know, based on any planning we've done, we're supposed to be going to celebration together. <laughs> that week, so...
0: Yeah, I mean, there, there are other facets of my life that I have not planned that involve you. So um it's just a checklist of things that I have not, you know, I haven't planned left and right. But the best laid plans are ones that you do at the last minute.
1: That's what they say. And and the cheapest. The cheapest plans are always the ones you procrastinate um before making any commitment to as well. So
0: Yeah, for sure. So who knows? Who knows what's happening? Um, Josh, how are you today? Pete, you know that game
1: um, that we played called... Jumunji? After that, though, um, for the Publis-Polympic Games called um, Star Wars Episode One Racer. Right, you're, okay. You're aware of this game. Um, uh, that is that
0: one game. of your top games. You're a big fan of that game.
1: So you do remember this game. Okay, good, good. Now... That's a game where you are um, like driving in a pod racer. Right. And you remember this? I know. I love that game. I've played that game for a long time. And I found out um, last week, there's these other games um, that's like that. But you were driving um, in a car. And you can uh, just drive by yourself. Okay. Um, in the rain in a car on the game and you don't have to race and it's like episode one racer but you're not racing and it's in a car and you're in Japan and it's raining and you're in like an old Volkswagen
0: are you um, furious? is this a fast and furious game?
1: no no. in fact I'm, um, I'm anything but furious as you can tell from how I'm behaving right now because I am in fact um, just cruising right now um, in this cool cool game <laughs> That so is you play, you're
0: playing GTA while we record, is what you're saying. Uh you two two out of three. Okay. GT, <laughs> baby. Okay. Um I guess I so should pull up my Legends Arceus yeah. and that's we can I... do a full um streaming. You know, we can uh yeah, start yeah. start up the Poe Boys Twitch accounts.
1: That that's what my um post Bobo fet life has been like I did rewatch the finale of Buka Boba Fett uh, with a fiance who all but forgot that it happened and (laughs) we were kind of groaning about it the entire time we queued it up and we did have to double check the runtime and really think about whether we wanted to watch Buka Boba Fett or whether we wanted to go to bed. Wow.
0: (laughs) But we did. I did rewatch the finale of Book of Boba Fett. And um, Josh, you're a night owl. You, when somebody says go to bed, Josh, you say what? Make it's, me. Make me. It's still, it's still so early. It's only one in the morning.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, and I haven't gotten any older, and that's still totally true. Of yeah, you me. definitely
0: don't text at six. In the morning or seven in the morning, <laughs> like a psychopath, <laughs> where I wake up <laughs> to text. Well,
1: I gotta uh, get a jump on my word, old Pete.
0: Wash pit over here. I'm like, just right. Re- my eyes are red. Like, I'm, try- <laughs> I'm trying to get up in the morning. I just see, like, <laughs> what is what is this um, person doing? Text me this more this early in the morning. But yeah, so. I too. I mean I haven't it's been what, 2 3 weeks now?
1: It's only been well, I guess it's maybe been a little more than 2 weeks based on when we recorded it, but it has not been that long, really. We only took 1 week off. But it well, does feel like it's been a minute.
0: Well, the weird and we've thing talked is talked in that time. We have talked in that time, but the weird thing is I have said um off mic multiple times. That I'm reading then Midnight. Star Wars. I'm re- I'm reading Midnight Horizon, which mm-hmm. is the young adult novel. Um, we read one of those, and we did a, a Hi rupa Boys episode on one of them, um, following something Star oh, or something. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you
1: read the second one, right? We just never really. Er- no, you and I, we did an episode about it. You and I did an episode on the first one, because I read the first one.
0: Oh, the first one with the it introduces the gear, Yeah, and, and, and your boy Reef. Oh, and, I, got, um, I got some comments about Reef Silas in this episode. And then um, I think the
1: second one, we, we did- ended up doing as part of a, like catch-all for some comics and some other extraneous stuff during high repo temper maybe we definitely covered I, that one. Yeah. i did not read the second one though mm-hmm. and you were reading the third one right now
0: yeah the third one and i i kept telling you like this book is so boring can i guess can i make a guess about what you're going to tell me well i want to i want to save it until the end because the book is um set at the same time period as this book Okay. So when the big event happens, I can tell you exactly what happened to your boy, Reith Silas, on Corellia. Um, Oh,
1: yeah. Okay. And this ties in to something I
0: have read. Oh, really? Okay.
1: Also takes place uh, before, concurrent, and after the events of The Fallen Star and makes mention of Corellia a bunch, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. There's some other crap on Corellia you want me to read, and that's why you keep mentioning it. I'm not going to do it. So, interesting.
0: Well, um, where just, um, you know, I I take it we'll get into a little bit more on that thing that you read. Mm -hmm. What planet was that on? Because... Uh... It was not on a planet. Was it going after some person? Like, the whole thing was, like, we had to go after this one Nahail that, like, um has caused all of this pain to people?
1: Yes and no. I don't think, well, what I'm, what I'm referring to is eye of the storm, the two issue Marvel comic that kind of goes over Martian row. I'm not calling him Markian or whatever they're trying to tell me it is. It's not going to happen at, at ATAT is, is Martian row to me? It's Marsha Marsha Martian row to me. Uh, his sort of origin story and stuff. And the second issue of that actually just came out today, and I made a point of making sure I read it uh, before we recorded, because I was worried if I didn't, I would say something stupid like, hey, I got this comic book. Why don't I read that, and we'll do another episode next week? No. Like, no, 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 no. No, we're not. <laughs> you read and this right now so you can talk about should, it
0: on this week. We should say, you and I, when we first read the first book about Martian Rowe, um, that have Martian Rowan. It was such a terrible introduction. They have done a much better job. I think they've, like, over-covered him to the point of, like, he's not a redeemable character. You want him to die and come to his demise in each book that he does. He's a terrible human being. But I take it that that probably provides some background on him. I'm, I'm curious what... Some. Um, sorry? Some,
1: yeah. And then, I mean, interestingly enough, I would say puts puts a face to a name in a big way that hasn't happened in anything else. And I believe goes furthest along the timeline in this phase one thing. It goes a little beyond the events in the book we're covering. Mm-hmm. Um, and introduces, introduces a pretty major happening in the high republic era right before this next phase coming on the fall where they're saying they're going to jump back 150 years so
2: really like two okay. issues
1: i got them individually i believe they're gonna be collected in the third trade paperback of the Cavin
0: scott high republic marvel series but i'm not
1: totally sure but it's called eye of the storm it's by charles soul
2: um,
0: okay, and I then this was well by enough. um jose daniel older or daniel jose older I'm
1: oh sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: so well i what what we can do is we can talk about fallen star which is the title of the book we're going to talk about today yeah and then once that's done um i mean this is obviously spoilers um if you're listening well, let's, to this
1: let's do spoilers for fallen star up front and then when mm-hmm. we're done talking fallen star let's get into these other two books and maybe I don't know that either of us are too precious about having either of these things spoiled, but that way if you want to avoid spoilers for those two books, you know, and, and you've only read full on star, maybe let's cover that up front and then we'll pivot after we're done with that.
0: Okay. So I um, don't have a ton of notes. I have um, my,
1: f- I don't maybe remember what all of them mean. Okay. So do you want have... me to
0: do you want me to read the um like summary description of Fallen Star or how do you want to per, um proceed with this? Go ahead, go
1: ahead. I'll, I'll jog my memory a little.
0: Yeah, it's not um so
1: because these late night Tokyo streets ain't doing it.
0: So this is the sequel to Rising Storm. So this is the third major um high republic book that we've covered so we did whatever the first one was rising storm light which of the is jedi. light of the jedi rising storm which was the republic fair and everything that happened and then this one fallen star and it's written mm. by claudia grant
1: and then the next one is of course going to be weather police
0: weather police <laughs> um anyway so Here's the description. Time and time, time and again, the vicious raiders known as the Nihil have sought to bring the Golden Age of the High Republic to a fiery end. Time and time, time and again, the High Republic has emerged battered and weary, but victorious, thanks to its Jedi protectors. And there is no monument to their cause grander than the Starlight Beacon, hanging like a jewel in the Outer Rim. The Beacon embodies the High Republic at the apex of its aspirations, a hub of culture and knowledge, a bright torch against the darkness of the unknown and an extended hand of welcome to the furthest reaches of the galaxy. As survivors and refugees flee the Nihil's attacks, the Beacon and its crews stand ready to shelter and heal. The grateful knights and Padawans of the Jedi Order stationed there finally have a chance to recover from the pain of their injuries and the grief of their losses, but the storm they thought had passed still rages. They are simply caught in its eyes. Martian Rowe, the true mastermind of the Nihil, is preparing his most daring attack yet, one designed to snuff out the light of the Jedi so many things about that description are false, but, um, (laughs) so yeah, that's the, um, a description, a a description that really doesn't explain anything about this book whatsoever, which, um, I guess is good, um, for, for people that don't want to have be spoiled, just reading the starting description of a book.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And then I guess also maybe I would argue, is there that much to spoil or just, just one thing happened? And it just takes a very, very, very long time to happen. But let's start off, first off, you know, from here on out, we're kind of operating under the assumption that you've read this book. So full spoilers for on Star Ahead. Um, I, I will I'll say, before getting any sort of um, nerdy podcasting critiques, I this book really solidified with me that I do really like a lot of characters in this time period of Star Wars and in this High Republic initiative. I've I've like grown very fond of characters, and when they pop up, I'm excited to see them. I'm excited to spend time with them. I'm excited for them to see each other. I mean, one of the I got super excited when Elzar Man and uh, Orla met up with the crew of the vessel. Like I was, that for me, I was imagining seeing on a screen a movie theater and like cheering really loud with a, with a theater audience. Like it was just a, a really cool and exciting moment for me. And of course, I think Claudia Gray created or you know introduced the crew of the vessel back in that YA book we were talking about. And they were a, a huge, huge uh, part of my enjoyment of this book.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but even just the gen- i mean you know i've I've really come yeah. around on elzar man, I like Stellan gios okay uh and yeah, I love orla, i love Indira stokes um boy i'm 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 blanking on some folks' names though um yeah i just i i'm I'm liking these characters quite a bit
0: what's well, also too? we were introduced to 60, 70 characters in the first book. Yep. And through these books, we are getting different deep dives on, on people. So as we're getting people uh, mixed together, so like, um, and not Indira, um, because Indira was in the first and second book, I believe, but um, um Orla, right? Orla was in the young adult novel, that you and I read, um, right. Right. The, the a Maxine station. And then we had, we hadn't seen her since. Um, she pops up briefly in, in cabin Scott's, um,
1: comic book, Marvel comic teaming up with Keith Trennis for a bit there. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, we, we haven't seen her in bells Zetaphar, geez, far. Jeez. can't believe I can't remember bells that Um, yeah. Yeah. Orla is great. Mm
2: hmm.
1: Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, it's uh, I think there comes there comes a point with these new kind of status quos, be it like for a comic book you like or a television show or a movie franchise or something. But I think a, a mark or a tell that that one is successful is, you know, feeling feeling fondness at a reunion with a fictional character. And I did, I had quite a bit of that in this book. Um, not necessarily with Marsha, Marsha, Marsha Rowe, um, who I found largely insufferable in this and hated spending time with largely oh because it just gosh. seems like I was being brought in to sit in, in a board meeting or something. Um, and I'm what like, are, well, it why is was... this being called a board meeting? Because I'm so bored.
0: It was like a honeypot of. Like, he was seducing the senator who, like, they've done a really bad job, and this isn't on them too much, but, like, I don't remember any of the senators' names. I know that, like, in the second novel, where it's at the fair and there's all these different senators, I don't remember any of their names. So, nope. like, this whole thing of the senator that's, like, betraying everybody, and she's, like... You know, romantically invested in Martian. Oh, Rel. Staros, and I only remember that because of
1: Son Staros, who is a character in the in the Marvel comics, like Age of the Rebellion era series. So that's oh, that's the only reason I remember her name is Staros.
0: Yeah, I honestly, until you said Martian Rel, I was like, oh, he's in this book. I yeah, c- completely forget that part. Like, I know they. The um, Claudia Gray makes a point to highlight his assistant and how his assistant's yep. like, yep. all this great stuff. I couldn't tell you her name. I, I know, I uh, know, like the world building that happened for Martian row I think was literally just he wanted to witness it, and they wanted us to know uh, a named villain that was taking satisfaction because really the villains in this are three dudes whose names I do not remember that were infiltrating the base.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I spoke earlier about in terms of like the crew, of the vessel meeting, some of the Jedi, like like it being a cinematic moment to me. And, and I guess just movie buff that I am, I can't help but think of things in, in cinematic terms sometimes. And as far as the Martian, Martian, Martian row of it all goes, I just found myself thinking like, oh yeah, he came in and shot everything he did for this movie. in one day, like he stood in one room and they were, he was one and done. Uh, yeah, the, it's, I don't remember any of the antagonist names as well. I could remember the name of the Nile woman that was in that young adult book. If I read it, if I saw
0: it. Oh, the Nan and, like, and, uh, Yancey Yarrow. Yeah, that's well, the one. Yance. so I, re- Nan was in, um, Into the Dark, which was the young adult novel that we read at the Maxine mm-hmm. station. Mm-hmm. And then she was one of the main people in out of the shadows which was the second young adult novel that you didn't read but i i did so this is the gotcha. third time i've seen her and then Nancy yarrow is like science tech nerd for the Nahail basically that gets introduced in out of the Shadows*. so i was like oh her um so a lot of the like backstory of her talking about this daughter like josh you never read anything about that daughter so that must have just been like no
1: they explained it away well enough
0: Mm -hmm. um but there wasn't that like connection Mm -hmm. um which is one thing that's really interesting about these books is like now that they're you know mixing weaving stories together there's some parts where it's like i didn't read the comics so there's these like the twins for example those uh or whatever, like I think they've only yeah, been yeah, Tarek and share Hmm. Um. So I, you know, if they get introduced into the larger books, like I have not read or you know looked at any of the content that they've been in. So I'm, it, I'm just coming in like, oh, okay, there are these characters. You know, they're all lived in. They all kind of know each other. But for me, it's like, um, okay, um, I don't have that. I don't have that same connection. But um, yeah, Yeah. because the big moment that happens with the antsy at the end, I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) Um, which is just jumping ahead. But I was like that that literally I it was like, oh, like I would have I would have said something if it had been cinematic and um, there was like a movie or a TV show about it. I would have definitely um, I was I was surprised that that it occurred. Yeah, for sure.
1: It is it is interesting talking again about the antagonists, I think, maybe post Dark Knight, but maybe it's kind of tamed down now. But I I feel like, you know, there's there's a good era there where villains were super important and were kind of given all the charisma and the nuance and the big, bold ideas. Whereas it's the protagonist's job to sort of enforce the status quo and that makes them a little less interesting. And I think, you know, time and time again with these big movies, it's like, Oh wow. Like Killmonger was fascinating or Thanos or, you know, now I'm sure next week everybody will be talking about the freaking Riddler, but it it wasn't like in this book, it was so, so the opposite in such a huge way where I, didn't it's not it's not that I hated the antagonists because they were antagonizing. I just hated spending time with the antagonists because I found it super dry and boring and like the no information ever came about it. It was just like mustache twirling in mm-hmm. in one room the whole time. So it was it was really interesting to have that like find the heroes so compelling and so interesting uh and and the villain so not and i you know i think that truly this has been the case kind of all along with martian Rowe, in that I, I appreciate the sort of me first attitude that he embodies and the selfishness and the kind of short-sightedness and the um I don't know. Survival is not, that's not necessarily even true because nobody's threatening him, but the whole attitude that he embodies, I mean, When we were first talking about that first high Republic book that came out like right around the time of January 6th. And I, I don't, I've, that's always in the back of my head now with, with denial and their whole attitude and Martian row and his whole deal. Um, in this sort of break between, you know, coming together or coming apart and, and where strength lies and stuff. So it's like there are interesting ideas uh, involved with that character. But just as a character, I was just like, I was really bored out of my mind with him. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I he just it just what do you do? Like, why am I even spending time? You're just going to like you're just twirling his mustache, you're just twirling his mustache over and over and over again.
0: So, I I think the way we can talk about this, then, is, I mean, the big event is the Nahal Short Circuit, Starlight Beacon. Starlight Beacon's not in its normal spot. It's being moved to help a planet whose name I can't even remember. But they're basically building a water filtration system. So, a planet that shouldn't exist or shouldn't exist with the population size is being saved due to the Republic. Mm Mm-hmm. And so they rig Starlight Beacon. Starlight Beacon is two main stations, it, it seems like. And
1: oh yeah, there's mm-hmm. like a it's modular.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, which I haven't. I'm here. I'm. I might pull up a picture of Starlight Beacon. So this makes I can sense. picture it
1: just fine. I have photographic memory got got big thing, got big bike, got big bike wheel mill, got things thing out top, things thing out bottom, big white.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the two the, the two tops are basically like detaching. And the main characters in this are on the bottom section of it, whereas the top section is basically not talked about at all. Maybe it's going to be talked about in like a comic because like Avar Chris's people are there at certain points, but mm-hmm. um eventually detach. But basically we have um the majority of the Jedi are in the bottom. Or well, not the majority. The Jedi are um the head the head of the station, Stellan Geos, Stellan Geos, whatever, um, who is newly appointed and he's Geos, Gios. Geos. Dem- he he He's that like been the name of our high republic. He's, podcast. he's been in charge for like what two weeks, and he he appoints like himself yeah. because of our Chris is like too maverick or something like that. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, which I haven't read any of the stuff that would say why she's maverick. I know that in other books, people complain that she's like friends with the huts to fight the, 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 yeah, plant. she's just
1: much more proactive. I'm not caught up on the Marvel series. Cause I'm only reading it in trades as it comes out. And so only the first two are out. And the the last one I read got past the second book, but it didn't get up to the third book yet. But essentially it seems like, um, Avar Chris is taking a more proactive role and hunting down Nile, specifically Lorna D who is believed to be in charge. And she's like striking while the iron's on like, no, this is our problem. I'm going after her. Mm-hmm. and I guess it seems like Jedi Council's taking that as an abdication of her duties as Marshal or or whatever of Starlight Beacon, so Stellan steps in.
0: Right. right. And then we have Stellan, then we have um, Elzar Man is called to Starlight Beacon for a separate reason with Orla um, Orla
1: Don't remember her last
0: name. <laughs> I think it's Jereni because i i oh yeah i think it I, does start say, with a j i want to say orbelin who is you know like i wish <laughs> um, but he's he's with avar so there's the, there's the, there's those people and Dira stokes who
1: with bells out of Var.
0: with bells out of Var, are also there and then Br-Yiga, bryaga 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 and then his there's a couple other Jedi. like he has Br- oh, bry yeah. has a Jedi Master who's, like, an older white um, woman. Right. And, and then there's, like, a nerd Jedi who's, like... Oh, yeah! basically a nerd Jedi, isn't Basically, there? like, Reith Silas, but he's, like, oh, no, 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 he's not the nerd. He's a ner- he's the um, babysitter Jedi. Because he's, like... He, like, oh, jokes a lot. No, no, he... Um, well, he jokes a lot, but he, like, his job was taking care of younglings. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know. I know like these aren't like these younglings like I have and that's pretty much it um and then we have the vessel which
1: yep, crew the vessel
0: leox geode and then for the life of me I cannot remember the I
1: just had it I was just about to say it and then it left me
0: <laughs> so we have we have them and they were from out of the shadows I believe um, at the Maxine station that introduced the Dragon Affy, right? Affy, Affy, okay. There we go. Affy Hollow.
1: I didn't even finish looking it up. Thank you very much. I remembered that.
0: Yeah. So we're, we have those casting characters and then
1: a hundred other goons that we also have to spend time with.
0: Yeah. And basically, it's like we're, we're on two decks where one of the decks is. Um just where all the ships are, and then there's another deck of cargo that they don't really touch until near the end of the book because there are um um Wrath Tars uh, apparently there.
1: Two whole crates of them. Yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge.
0: <laughs> um yeah, so we, we follow their trials and tribulations, um, and then we get introduced more to the like force eating monster boogie monster levelers yeah which i didn't know that that was the name of it until i was doing some um looking up some different articles about this book oh i thought
1: they i thought they said it in rising storm at the very end, I thought they maybe mentioned it being called Love War or something. But now maybe it's just I've seen it so much in other posts and stuff that I'm just assuming.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Martian Rowe also just doesn't talk about their names. He just is like, oh, I'm going to miss them so much because they're so hard to come by. But... Right.
1: Well, I will say this. I'll not get into it till the uh, back half of the podcast when we get into that thing. But um, there is more. There, there's more information to be had on them.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we basically see the trials and tribulations of those characters. Um, there's a couple, you know, big moments here and there. Um, they further explain Elzar, for example, and yeah. And
1: his whole relationship to the force and,
0: and trying to tap back into it and
1: stuff. After Uh tapping into the dark side in the last book and kind of trying to, that was, I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um,
0: Well, you get also some comparisons to Luke, right? Of um, shutting himself off from the Force in episode um, eight. So,
1: Yeah, good point. And then, you know, similarly, you know, Grogu and Cal Kestis with their, you know, they don't necessarily shut off their connection, but they are kind of shut out from it, like after traumatic experiences and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting new wrinkle that I think the Disney era, as far as I know, has introduced to the Force, this idea of like denying it or... Through well, trauma or emotional distress, stepping away from it.
0: He they also show the impact of the leveler too, because he is actively pushing himself away from the force, so he doesn't feel the effects of the leveler until very late right. in the book. So he's like, when he you know tries to connect himself back to the force, he's like, oh my gosh, is this what everybody else has been dealing with with this uh, with this monster? And kind of can kind of realize what's happening because like. Stellan honestly the way that I would describe it is is like the dude looks like he got like drugged and then had the fight like nine rounds in the boxing ring mm-hmm. like the guy is like through levels of consciousness at, at, at different points and is just trying to keep all of the stuff together um, with the backdrop of like what he did to Avar um, and they both you know make references to it of regretting the fight that they did and how meaningless it was. Um, which is, I mean, I, what they did with Stellan was really good. I liked what they did with Elzar, um, was, was very good as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I, I, I tried to kind of think about it a little bit before our discussion today and kind of remind myself and went through my notes and, and, you know, trying to come up with my big takeaway or whatever. Um, and I mean, reality is like, it's just like so much of this book is just, starlight beacon crashing down and just just descending into orbit and crashing And it i compared a lot like i read dune messiah recently the second dune book and in dune and in dune messiah and in the first dune movie dennyville news dune movie that came out earlier this year there's just this like imposing sense of of dread and inevitability of like it seems like everyone in that movie and book knows what's going to happen, but they have to let it happen or something. I don't, but in, and similarly in this book, it just felt like I was burdened with that sense of inevitability where pretty much based on the Barnes and Noble exclusive cover or whatever the, you know, the art they released in conjunction with this book, it was clear that Starlet Beacon was going to come down. Never mind the title of the book, but pretty early on, it seems super clear that, Oh, they're going to sabotage this ship. It's going to crash. And then that's exactly what happens. And it just takes so long to happen. And it happens in a way that to me felt like so contrived, like so many things had to be like, well, they can't get off because of this. And they can't, you know, there was, it, it felt, it reminded me a lot of the chase that, the resistance fleet is, is caught in, in the last Jedi where in order for that to be happening, they had to set up all these rules of like, well, they can stay away from their guns, but they can't escape all the way. And it just felt, uh, I could feel it being, I don't know. It felt, it felt very contrived. And so for me, this book was really like this back and forth between like a story that I didn't well, the character arcs I all really liked, but the, like the specific the narrative, of what was happening, the ship crashing, I found like really less than compelling. But then everything happening with these characters I really liked. And it you know, it, it's it's like a it was like a less intense version of what happened with me with Rise of Skywalker where it was all these characters I loved and all these things happening that I hated. I didn't hate what was happening here. I don't have a problem with what happened here. It just felt so long. Like it took so long to happen and it was so immediately so clear it was going to happen. And I appreciate on the one hand that time was spent with it because that afforded us time for all these character arcs. But I mean, towards the end, I was just like crash already. Because I thought, I just assume like, oh, they're setting it up, that this is going to happen. But obviously that's just sort of how the story starts and then it'll pivot somewhere. It never really did. And there was all this stuff like, Leo So is not getting reelected for one. Uh, and she, I don't know, there's always, oh, well, we use the satellites. And it's like, why didn't you do that from Go? I don't know. It was, there's there a big disparity, I think, for me between how I felt about the story and how I felt about the characters and getting to spend time with those
0: characters. For me, I would say that this is just a classic model of what we're, I think, going to get from all of them is the build-up to everything, the event happens, and then the aftermath of everything occurring. Just very methodical of what they're doing. And I think a part of that is more in relation to the team aspect of these High Republic series. Because mm-hmm. I was um, reading some stuff about Midnight Horizon, for example, and that is Daniel, Daniel Jose Older's um, first take on a couple of these characters. And there's some interview that he did of like he really had difficulty writing about Reith Silas. So he reached out and yeah, had, Claudia, had Claudia Gray She's help because she she created the character and the character was like her version of Hermione Granger, but a Jedi was like what she was going for. Um, So part of me thinks that a lot of this is not this. This might be the process of multiple hands doing the work and having to step in for different parts of like, hey, can you introduce this kind of section here? Which is more like movies than anything else, like in Marvel Mm -hmm. movies Mm -hmm. where it's like, can you do this scene? Because we're going to do a movie on this in like two years. So can you like include? I mean, there's all those DC trailers where you see all those like Hawk guy and um, um, there's like three or four other like DC superheroes that like don't have movies, but they're like in these trailers right now. So I am more coming to grips with like, this is the way that is going to be portrayed. And there's parts of it. They're really boring. um, And then there's parts of the characters that are really gripping. That I'm that I'm gonna like. They have not done, for me at least, of of the characters that I like, they you know are doing a good job, and I am continuing continuing to enjoy the development. And then there's just absolutely parts, there's parts of the story where it's like, if you're trying to convince me to care, or if you're con- trying to convince me of anything, you're doing like a terrible job, um, which is not necessarily the case. You know, it's it's just difficult with how wide of the scope that they're trying to go with these books
1: yeah but then because then to me though it seems like they're not going wide with this book they're going wildly narrow again like i'm just thinking like i'm spending so much time on this space station and my only break from this space station is Marjorie's little ceo room it's and so I just felt cr- like i was feeling claustrophobic and i get like again conjuring a sense of dread and my claustrophobia probably matched what you know the intent of the author and like yeah you should be feeling claustrophobic you're trapped on a space station that's going to crash and i you know very effective in that in that way i would say but i just it it
0: was not it's not like a compelling claustrophobia I was like, oh my gosh oh what's gonna happen next It was just like get me out of here i'm bored it is so crazy that they got rid of starlight beacon because like, I, I, I'm looking at the description right now that I read at the start of this episode that um, the beacon embodies the High Republic at its apex of its inspirations, a hub of culture and knowledge, a bright torch against the darkness of the unknown, an extended hand of welcome to the farthest reaches of the galaxy. None of that. Like mm-hmm. A hub of culture and knowledge. Maybe they make a reference of like a room that has some mm-hmm. culture in it. Maybe they make a reference about a library at some point. But yeah. like it's it's interesting and this isn't you know the first time they've done this where they'll introduce you know a large really cool concept and then they'll just burn it to the ground right you do that <laughs> with you do that with the death star you do that with star killer base you do that with um um snokes like massive mega ship
1: yeah yeah but I would say, unlike those things, we're being asked to feel something about Starlight Beacon, and it, you know, it is supposed to represent something other than being imposing or, or you know, antagonistic like the Death Star, or Star Killer Base, or something like that. Starlight Beacon, I think we are supposed to have a fondness for, as if it were another character in this book. But we barely spend any time on it. I mean, in this book, we spend way too much time on it, but it's, it's essentially dead on arrival because we, we never, we never see it being what it is supposed to be right like in the marvel comic book because that's that's avar chris that's her being the marshal of it so i was like oh maybe that's what he thought not really i mean where is the culture where are all are all these things happening i i think it would have been nice to have gotten to know starlight beacon's status quo and and developed a sense of fondness and seen what it could have done like forget what it's supposed to represent what is it actually and show me show me perpetu show show me it perpetuating those things. It's supposed to represent out into the galaxy. And I don't, you know, that never really happened. So I don't, you know, it's not like the millennium Falcon blowing up or even like Poe Dameron's X wing blowing up or, you know, it's cause I don't really have any ties to it beyond what I'm being specifically told point blank. Hey, this represents that. All right. I'll take your word for it. So maybe that also would have helped in, in my not feeling so bored with it. If, if I actually like cared, whether it exploded, I cared about the people on board and Mm -hmm. I didn't want anyone to get hurt. I didn't want the planet below to get hurt, but if starlight beacon was unoccupied, like everyone was out for lunch and it exploded, I wouldn't care because it doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know, again, I, I know what it's supposed to represent, but I haven't been shown that as a reader.
0: Like it doing that. It's not the same as like um, Camino, right? Um, yeah. And what happens to Camino and Bad Batch? I and mean, we won't get into too many spoilers for that. Which mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's just it's it's just crazy that they run through this, right? Like they in the second book they in- introduce this fair at Valo, and then they burn it to the ground like forty five pages yep. later. Um, I don't know. It's 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 interesting. So why don't we for the next like. Ten minutes, talk about the twists and our takes on it. And then we can talk about um, the comic that you read and the book that I read to um, yeah. round it out. Well, right up so, front, I,
1: mm-hmm. you know, let's talk, I, twists and all of this. And I know, I feel like this podcast is just us ragging on stuff. And that really isn't the case. I and mean, I really do love the characters in this book. Like I said, it's, it's just the, the the plunging starly Beacon of it all and the Martian role of it all. Uh, it didn't didn't ring true with me, but I did really enjoy a lot about this book. And first and foremost, baby, when that dude is like, is Geo trying to sleep with my wife? I laughed out
0: loud. Well, that in like. Laugh af- out
1: loud. at Star Wars book.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> when she alone. Is- When she has to, sorry, I, um, um, yeah. when she has to explain, like, dude, he's a rock, and then, yeah. like, walks away, and is like, Geode's at it again. Yeah. He's, an, just, animal! The, the he's the an animal. He's
2: an animal.
1: joy I get out of that character. I mean, not, nothing that didn't sit right with me in this book or whatever would even come close to the to the potency of the joy I get out of geode i mean yeah. I, just, I, I pray that someday geode or one of his ilk is is captured in in live action and it's just as one of these things we never actually see it move and just once the camera pans away and then pans back and he's somewhere else or something i just oh boy i loved it well so and big i'm
0: I, I i'm i am would be surprised um when we go to celebration if we don't see geo cosplay
1: that would be great
0: and it's going to be really awkward when we're in Lyon and we see a rock and be like, oh, it's Geod. And then, you know, somebody laughs at it. And then 80 people make that same joke around us over the course of a weekend.
1: <laughs> I'll be real good. I'll
0: be um, real good. Yeah, so Geod, highlight of that. I would say um, the nice thing about this High Republic is, you know, that things are going to work out. You know, the Jedi at some point are gonna be well you
1: know that somehow Palpatine will return, but after that
0: right but you know for the next 150 years or so they're they're doing something that we never really got to see with a lot of the Jedi and clone wars of like hear them younger and you know at some point we might see like Bell Sedaphar being on the council or um Briaga and being a master later on. So mm-hmm. It is really cool that we're seeing seeing these things. Let's get into the you know big um, altering event, which is them taking out one of the main characters that There's I did not see coming.
1: Several, several because they were I don't know if you watched that little panel they did that was released on YouTube where they kind of talked about this book and the state of the High Republic. But the thing, the big thing that they they're like, oh, people will die in this book and they really did kind of play that up and people did die people did Uh, die
0: and there was one big one and then the other ones you could have said that they died off screen and i I wouldn't have super noticed i mean um orla is a character
1: yeah orla's a big one for me orla's one of my Mm -hmm. favorite characters in the high republic so that sucked i get that she's not like one of the big three or whatever, but I really like her character. I really liked her interactions with Elzar and with Stellan. And I, I I liked what she represented as far as a Jedi and being the way seeker or whatever of sort of, I am a Jedi, but these rules and stuff, I don't know, man, I'm just trying to like find it in the force or whatever. I I really enjoyed that character. So that, that was the one that stung the most for me.
0: And, there uh, there are parts of it in the Midnight horizon where they realize she's dead um and there's mm. some, some there's some connections to that as well mm-hmm. um like for bririaga's like master um yeah i can't even take,
1: remember her name
0: take it or leave it um and <laughs> dear you know indira surviving you know i liked indira fortunately
1: yeah indira another one of my absolute favorite characters in the i republic so glad then, that she made it through
0: that you know the nerd dying, you know, not that big of a deal. But yeah, um, I was him. I was I was shocked that they took out Stellan. I was like, I I did not realize that that was going to happen. Yeah,
2: uh, I I don't
1: know if shocked is right. I mean, he was largely not there for the first book. You know, we certainly got to know him in the second book, but you know he. He's definitely, like, an A-lister in this book and in the last book. But I guess he felt like he came along late anyway. And mm-hmm. I didn't have the same connection to him as I might to some other characters. So, it, yeah. I mean, it was it was, it was was interesting that he was the one to go, though. Because you think about where all these characters stand and what they kind of represent in terms of their relationship with the Force and the relationship with the Jedi and him being, like, so by the book um, and so kind of judgmental about all these other characters that are trying to do the right thing, not just do the thing that is what the rules dictate. So I guess it is, I mean, it's interesting that he was the one to fall from a, from a perspective like that. I wasn't like shocked or scarred or anything about him, him going
0: though. No, I wasn't either, but there's also it's, it's the impact of it, of, how is this going to affect Elzar? How is this going to affect Avar? Mm-hmm. Um, the Out of the Shadows, the second young adult novel that we talked about. He has a padawan, um, Vernestra, right? Who became, who became a knight at like fifteen. Mm-hmm. So like he doesn't have a padawan now. She's like a full knight, and then she has a padawan that's like only a year older than, a year younger than her. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, this star pupil is without you know a master and is kind of figuring things out on her own. And I mean it's just a it's a it's a big impact because, you know, they'll have to replace somebody in the Jedi in the um Jedi Council. Good point, and good point. um I mean they they take out a bunch of other people too on top of that. So that was that was definitely um the a death that was meaningful that I I didn't see coming. Mm-hmm. Um why don't we get into you want me to talk about midnight horizon or do you want to talk about the comic series that you that you um read first you
1: know let me look through my notes real quick here and make sure that there isn't oh the you know the level of it all i do think all right two more things it did seem strange to me that like the introduction of the levelers and what they can do was like the cliffhanger ending of the last book. And then they kind of just like, don't even mention it for like a long time. Mm -hmm. Like doesn't even come up even as it's, it it just felt like it took so long to make a connection. Like I felt like it would have been like more, more hands on deck, not all hands on deck, but any hands on deck and granted now this whole, Trail of Shadows, I think it's called, a Marvel Comics miniseries. They do have somebody kind of looking into all that, but they don't go into that really here at all. So it just, it felt like a dangling thread for a really long time. Um, So I wasn't sure what was up with that, but I guess, you know, we sort of got some answers. Uh, And then I guess I would just also mention, having watched that that press conference thing they did beforehand, I do think a, a lot of my reading of this book was kind of clouded by the fact that they announced that the next books and the next wave were going to be 150 years in the past. So knowing that we were then going to like flash back and whatever status quo we were left with here, we were going to be left with for a while. Mm -hmm. I guess I anticipated more finality to it or, like a better stopping point this doesn't feel like a stopping point it felt like not that dissimilar to where we left off in the last book i guess so the whole time i was i was anticipating more because of that i think i think knowing that that was coming and that is coming in the fall did me a disservice uh reading the book do you have any did that color your perception
0: at all no, it's just classic Star Wars, right? It's like, <laughs> you know, I, I, after episode eight of like, oh, we're starting a rebellion with nine people in the Millennium Falcon. Cool. Um, yeah, 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 it makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um,
1: now, did you it, finish Midnight Horizons?
0: I finished it yesterday, so it's wow, very, it's did. very, very fresh in my mind. Oh, perfect. We should have talked about that one. Um. Yeah, so Midnight Horizon just follows. And so now we're just, I I haven't read it, but I don't care. So
1: now at this point, if you haven't read Midnight Horizon, I'm picking Pete's brain because I'm not going to read it and I want to know what happened. So fair warning.
0: Yeah, so Midnight Horizon is literally, um, some Jedi gets sent to investigate some unrest that's on Corellia. Corellia has, you know, it's a big city, so it has its own Jedi temple, They've been deployed to a different planet because of a border dispute, so Corellia has no Jedi, and they're investigating a, pot- a potential Nihil attack. So it's Cormac Vitus, who's Wreath Silas's master. Okay. Somebody named Kai Santum, who is a they them um, non-binary Jedi, mm-hmm. um, human, goes by they them. Mm-hmm. So. The first, I guess. Uh, oh, I guess the twins were also non-binary yeah. as well. But again, um, the
1: twins are also like a hive mind.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So this is this is just a a, a person that is non-binary. Yeah. And, and their master, and that's that's pretty much it. Um, they Oh, have... you know
1: what, Daniel Jose Older, he he wrote this book, correct?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. He had a he had a non-binary character in his solo a Star Wars story book as well okay I forget what it was called so there you go Dan Jose older doing some good work out there with representation
0: and doesn't play a factor into anything like a, oh mm-hmm. you're they them that's cool it's mm-hmm. just those those are the pronouns that were there um, as I was reading and their character had um, some development which isn't super, um, necessary to the story. Then there's a character Ram who is like this chunky black Padawan who gets introduced as a, in the kids novel. Yeah. I think I can
1: picture him from the cover of a book.
0: Mm -hmm. So he was a Padawan on Valo. So he like had never left that. Um, and he was part of that temple. So that temple Uh... obviously gets destroyed. And then I guess his master dies. So he, is taken under kai and then there's another jedi tula um who is like you know how there's all those like padawans it's like here are seven women Pada- padawans that are ages 14 to 20 here are seven dude padawans that are ages you know 12 to 20 um i couldn't tell you the difference between her and Vernestra. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're on Corellia and they're fighting um, the whole thing that the Nihil wants to do is they want to take over um, star cruisers. So like Corellia is just um, they you know, produce a bunch of ships um, even back then. And- Tell me
1: they don't do this Halcyon star cruiser, Galactic star cruiser thing.
0: Um, they only, they, there's something called an MPO star cruiser. Okay. And then there, so they don't uh, make
1: this a theme park tie
0: in like the comic book. No, they do. They don't. So they there's MPO star cruisers and then there's the long beams. Hmm. So their whole goal is they want to take them and then they want to act like they're coming to Starlight Beacon's aid and then fire on the, um, Republic that was that was the whole plan mm, gotcha so, th- these like five Jedi and then um, just a group of Corellians basically are charged with trying to prevent this and, and they pretty much do so it goes deeper into like Reeth Silas which is this is his third oh book.
1: boy deeper into Reeth Silas yes, um, please.
0: Well, yeah so it goes deeper into him um, talks about his abacus and his calculator
1: wristwatch and his pen protectors
0: some, something along those lines the, the <laughs> I mean there there are some some moments that are pretty good. So like Corellia's core world very, very rich. So similar it's the equivalent of somebody having a blackface party happens during the book where oh these rich people dress up as Nahail and they're mm. supposed to like be bodyguards for this and they' and they're all like, are you serious? Like my friends have died from this. I've witnessed, you know, my my master died in the first book from this, and you're making a game of this. Um, so it gets into, you know, some...
1: Pete, Pete's comments are his own.
0: <laughs> it gets into some um, commentary about class and having distance from it. Mm. Um, and then the big moment, so the, the big changing moment is... They're there, Starlight Beacon falls, and then they have to quickly prevent these ships from getting stolen. Um, And then, for some reason, Yoda saves them. Like, Yoda uh, makes his appearance. So he had been missing for, who knows, how many books had he been missing? Um, I don't even know. But he comes, saves them, and then he has somebody wrapped in cloaks that he's with. And he ends the book being like, and I to Coruscant. So he is like, we need to regroup at Coruscant and then figure out what to do. So
1: like a living person in cloaks or a body,
0: a living person that's just wrapped around kind of like a mummy mm-hmm. that you don't, that you don't super see, which is a character from one of the um, first novels. In, um when they start doing star Wars, Disney books, I, I'm forgetting her name um, before, but they they don't explain that character super well. The only idea is Yoda. You're led to believe that this like Yoda is trying to solve the leveler issue. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no level. There's no leveler on um, Corellia. They go into the worm people from Solo, which are called Grindelids. And they go into, like, the lore of the Grindelids. It's disgusting. Um, but apparently there's, like, thousands of them. And they have a, um, a pact. Like, if you kill one of them, they are, like, honor-bound to find who killed that person and then kill them. So they, like, eat the person that kills one of the Grindelid characters. Um, but that's pretty much it. And then uh, the book ends. Wreath Silas is a uh, Jedi Knight. And then his master, um, who had a very deep connection to Orla, and mm-hmm. um, feels her die, says he can't do this anymore, and he quits. Huh. Um, and he, at various points when he's fighting the Hyle, like, he beheads a bunch of them, and he just, like, slaughters, like, ten very quickly. And Kai, the um, other Jedi master, is like, you okay, dude? And he's like, No. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> so he, he, um, is just like, I can't do this anymore. So he, Yoda, Kai and Cormac Knight wreath. And then he just runs away. And that's kind of where he's at. But, um, we are seeing some progression. We see progression for a bunch of those younger characters, like, um, bell and, in, in in the book, he progresses yeah. a ton, yeah. um, for example. So this is a book that progresses wreath, um, as one of the characters that's gonna you know fill in the gap of some of these older Jedi that are getting killed,
1: it's a good point because I mean, I mean like I said we're we're taking a break from this time period. Are we you know when we come back to this, first off, when we come back to it, will it even be in book form or is this just going to be off one that's for shows and stuff? Um, but when we come back to this will it be a time jump kind of a thing where it's like, yeah, now Reith and Belzettifar and Vernestra Rowe, like, they are the the big three now, and Avar and Elzar are old people, or, you know, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I, Reith Reith is my guy, so I... I, Yeah, you wear glasses, you wear glasses. (laughs) I ended up powering through, like, the last 75 pages once it kind of um got going but it was and it was
1: earlier when i said can i guess what you're gonna say that mm-hmm. what my guess was going to be you hadn't finished it but then the last hundred pages or so were really exciting and you read through it and you are finished mm-hmm. yeah because that does tend to happen with these books i think is that i read like the last third at the same speed i read the first two thirds
0: mm-hmm. um so how about you
1: So let's talk about, I'll talk about Eye of the Storm briefly, and if this gets cut off, it's because we reached our time limit on the record, but it hasn't happened in the past, so I'm sure we'll be fine. But yeah, it's like I said, two-issue miniseries. The first issue came out like a month or two ago. I don't really remember all that much about it, but it kind of is like a vague origin story of Martian Rowe, and kind of establishes that he comes from like a people that were on like a planet where the weather is just insane and lethal and unpredictable, and eventually they ended up being kind of nomadic. And spreading out among the stars and their kind of whole deal is that they are like master manipulators um and through manipulation and stuff his father comes to possess power in the nile and all of that yada 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 uh the the second issue of two that i just read today is super fresh in my mind and so in the in, uh, interest of just keeping things brief and full full spoilers full spoilers so just stop, because this goes beyond books. I think this, as far as I know, is maybe the furthest that we get into this phase one or whatever. So just stop listening. If you don't want to hear that, you know, Poe Voice Podcast Jamble.com, all this stuff. Um, so come the end of the second issue, we get a look at a leveler. Um, I would say the best look yet that you get at what a leveler looks like and what they are called, which is something you would like to know, Pete.
0: Uh, yeah, for sure. I also would like you to take a picture of the leveler, okay, and send it to me because the books do not describe it at all. So, I nope, I, nope, they don't.
1: The leveler are called the nameless. Oh, yeah, yeah, and they hail from some planet and they go to the planet and they get some or whatever. Uh, but the big other thing that happens is after the events of the fallen star. I guess, and maybe this is covered in some other book, but if it's not covered in the book we read and it's not covered in the book you read, I can't imagine it's covered in the kids' book, but they they have some sort of like seedling thing that they plant and they detonate and it essentially entirely seals off Nile space from hyperspace. And every ship that's in Nile space, when these go off, explode and no radio communications can come in or out. No ships can enter Nile space and Nile space is just sealed off from the Republic, like a chunk of the outer rim or whatever. Bum, bum, bum. End of phase one is what it says.
0: Wow. Okay. They, I don't think they've introduced that technology yet. Nope.
1: Um, as far as I can tell. Well, I mean, again, maybe it's in, maybe, maybe the seeds for that are laid in the Marvel comic, to be fair, or in the IDW comic. So I shouldn't be talking out of turn, but.
0: Well, they would, also... Probably something like that.
1: But and first I'm... I've heard of it.
0: I'm curious how they'll write it out too because like for example that um scientist that gets beheaded in Fallen Star Yancey Yarrow, mm-hmm. she creates a gravity well. So, right,
1: they mentioned that. That was part of it. They do yeah, they name check her as being involved with it.
0: Because she gets she gets she gets killed and then all of the knowledge of that goes. Right. So they're not right. going to like gravity wells not going to be a thing. Um or maybe they have her plans or something but I'd be surprised. Um if they introduce that again, but that's um that's interesting. Yeah, I I wonder if that's how they're gonna explain the stupid Sith world from Episode Nine. Like oh, God. <laughs> we, we we had we had, na- we had our we had our Exegol. Yeah. We had we had our blockers?
1: Yeah. In- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they don't um, need it. They well. They they kind of go into that a little bit in the Darth Vader Marvel comic with a pretty in a, in a pretty compelling way I suppose. Um, let me tell you, if Greg Pak is the writer of the Darth Vader comic right now, he's really doing God's work in making Episode Nine like slightly more tolerable. I mean, you know, he's 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 really being a mighty Atlas here, but there's only so much lifting he can do. But there's there's some stuff about Exegol in there that's pretty cool.
0: Well, wow, I never. Granted, thought, I never is
1: not my problem.
0: I never I thought you'd say that about <laughs> any compa- any part of episode nine. I mean, episode nine. I have like, is,
1: parts that I like.
0: I mean, the I like when they're running in the hallways. The Ray talking to all the Jedi. I mean, I I I can pretty much guarantee you if I watched that on YouTube today, I would get goosebumps.
1: Um, and I'm glad for you, truly.
0: I have moments like that in film as well that really
1: resonate with me in in a way that to other people's like what are you talking about? And I you know I'm just like whatever man I'm having a moment, and I wish that I had a moment with that movie, but I I really don't.
0: All right, well, um, this was a deeper dive. Well, <laughs> just takes, just not that deep. <laughs> Take score. All right. Yeah. Now,
1: Pete. So this is tentatively our last um, episode before Kenobi, which is quite a break, probably the longest break we've taken.
2: Uh-huh.
1: I mean, the better part of two months. Do we want, do we want to pop our heads back in um, just once over that break to gas up our boy?
0: I would Oscar. say that I'd be surprised if we do. Okay. Interesting. And the only the only way I can foresee this is if we get uh, a pretty big trailer of Kenobi because I know that you've been wearing the share. No, no, no. Car... I
1: mean, talk about Moon Knight.
0: Oh no, I mean no. It, it, it speaks for itself. Okay. All not, hey, it's you it said it, it not not... on the Oscar. I tried. It's not family friendly. It's We're... on Disney Plus. Yeah but it's it's dark
1: you don't even know who moon knight is (laughs) all right well there you have it poets all right no concho boys for you (laughs)
0: um it was gonna be crescent boys so i'm glad that we just stopped it there um yeah so if you want to contact us what um before kenobi why um um, (laughs) (laughs) feel free Bowboys podcast at gmail.com at pullways podcast i'm sure we'll post some stuff uh more board and we'll yeah yes we'll see you when we see him yeah i mean goodbye it's gonna be a minute
1: <laughs> sheesh see ya. But, you know have fun go out there have, have a good time we'll be we'll, we'll talk to you soon it won't be that long it's gonna be a minute uh, all right well i mean you know have a good couple months and uh you know hope everything goes well for you we got some stuff going on, you know. Um Yeah. Hey, we're rooting for you. We're rooting for you. Uh, I think. I think also, um, I think Pete's already gone, so I'm just going to go ahead and announce Poe Boys 2022 uh, emotionally available. That's our whole thing now. We're right, Emotionally stop, stop, available. Stop.
0: All right. We're done. We're po done. Boys
1: 2022 emotionally available, and we will be emotionally available for you in May. See you then.